Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, I want to get into our teaching today. I've got a lot to share with you this morning, and I, I, I just, man, I want you to open your heart uh, for the message today and uh, what, what I really believe God has given me to share this morning. You know, we are in the, the final weekend of Daring Faith, this series called Daring Faith. And haven't you loved this series? Seven people are clapping, and I'm excited. <laughs> no, uh, I've loved it. And, it, you know, I, I love all the series. But this series specifically, it's been a series that I, I really, my heart really connects to it because it is really one of the areas that God has done the most work in my life. And I can tell you firsthand in my life how I have watched as I have started to discover what faith is about and really started to learn really beyond the, the, the elementary stages of faith, what does it look like in our life to live a life of daring faith? Not a life of trying to be as comfortable and as safe as we possibly can, but being a person, an individual, when you start to discover that God calls us to have daring faith, to take risks, to be willing to trust God enough that when God speaks into our life. And how many of you know that God speaks to us? God speaks to you. God calls you. God God challenges all of us to take daring faith steps. And some of you have started businesses. Some of you have moved across the country. Some of you have changed careers. Some of you, man, just like you got married and it was daring faith for you. And It's exciting, and this is the way it ought to be. God has not called us to just kind of neutralize our life. God has called us to have a daring faith. And our theme scripture is found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. And it's it's one of my favorite scriptures, Matthew 9, 29. It says, according to your faith. Everybody say, according to your faith. According to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith, let it be done to you. What does that mean? It basically means that you and I get to choose every single day how much God is going to use us. You and I get to choose every single day how much God is going to bless our lives. Because you see, the Bible is very clearly that in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It also tells us in James 2, 17, that if your faith does not have action, and this is a big deal because it says, if your faith doesn't have action, your faith is dead. In other words, if, if your faith, a faith that does nothing is worth nothing. And a lot of us where we have kind of had a misconception when it comes to faith has been that in our life we kind of believe that it's just about a belief system, that I believe that God exists, that God is alive, and that God saved me. And we can believe God for our salvation, but we really can't believe God for anything else. And there's no action to our faith. There's no movement to our faith. We don't remember the last time that we obeyed God 
in a daring way. Do you know, I don't know if you're, from, you're aware of this, or you may, may know this, you may not know this, but do you know that there are over 7,000 promises of God in the Bible? They're promises that God gives you and I, and they all have a premise. In other words, if you'll do this, God will do this. God has promises about giving us fulfillment. God has promises in the Bible that you know that God wants you to live a fulfilled life. God wants you to live a, a successful life. God wants you to be satisfied in life. Don't you sometimes want to just like say, man, I, I want to get to a place that I have satisfaction in what I'm doing in my life. God promises us that. God pr- promises us blessing. But do you know that the number one area in your life, when it comes to daring faith, the number one area that God promises you and I, it has to do with generosity. That the number one promise that God gives you and I, that he's going to bless us, that God's going to work in our life, it has to do with us being generous. Do you know that generosity demonstrates my faith? It it demonstrates my faith. Generosity, do you know that every time that you give, it demonstrates that you trust God? It demonstrates that you believe that God is going to take care of you. It demonstrates that you believe in God's power. Do you know that generosity is an action? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, 13, your giving proves the reality of your faith. The Bible also says this in Philemon 1, 6. It says, you are generous because of your faith. Now, most of us believe that we're generous, right? Most people want to believe that they're generous people and that you every once in a while give something to somebody. And most people don't look at themselves as not being generous. But do you know that stinginess is caused by unbelief? That when we're stingy and when we um, are not generous in our life, it, it's, it's really us communicating that we don't believe that God's going to take care of us. So what we have to do is we operate out of a mentality of fear. We operate out of a mentality when it comes to our life of worry and anxiety and fear. And it causes us not to be generous. And what you see over and over is that God calls you and I to be generous. That, that one of the areas that God calls us to have daring faith is to trust him enough that he's going to take care of us for us to take the resources that God has given us and make a difference in other people's lives. And if you've been around Creekwood for very long, you know that we talk a lot about generosity. But I, I want to talk to you about a deeper level of your generosity here this morning and I want everybody to do something today with me and just kind of work with me today. Um, I want you to say, we love you, Pastor Stephen. Awesome. Because <laughs> you may not like what I have to say today. 
there's probably going to be some tense moments in the next few moments that you're going to go, why did I come to church today? I should have stayed home. But do you know I love you enough to tell you the truth? Even though I love to to stand up here and and tell y'all what you want to hear sometimes, I know as your pastor, God holds me accountable to teach you God's word. But sometimes we don't like what God has to say. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but there there are times when I'm reading the Bible that I want to kind of skip verses. (laughs) That I'm kind of like reading along and I'm like, I don't really want to read that one. And I kind of want to skip over to the ones that are going to kind of the ones that I want to hear. And there's a, a scripture that, that we are going to use as, as our theme scripture this morning in talking about generosity that I want to kind of stand it up in front of you today for you to look at it and really examine it. It's found, and this is one of those scriptures that you kind of want to avoid it, but it's in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. This is what it says, will a mere mortal rob God? This is God speaking. He says, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. What did y'all just say? Y'all love me? <laughs> you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open. Test me and in this, says the Lord. This is the only place that God dares us to test him. God dares us to test him with our finances. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's an amazing, amazing promise. But you read the first part and you were like, man, I like the second part, but I don't think I like the front part. And I want to talk to you about this because God dares us. In other words, God says to us, you don't believe me. I dare you. See, I think God knew we would all struggle with money. See, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of, and, and as Christians, it's, man, we love to talk smack. We talk a big game about how we're serving, how we're in a life group. But when you hear a pastor start talking about your tithing, which tithing means 10% of your income goes to God's house, to the work of God, it's all of a sudden you're like, whoa, now, Pastor, we're kind of taking this to an extreme. I liked it when you were challenging us to get in a live group and how important it is to serve, but now you're talking about, like, that I'm supposed to give 10, the Bible teaches that I'm supposed to give the first 10% of my income to God. I don't know, like, you're kind of, like, pushing it here. But do you know that that tithe 
It's the starting point of trusting God with your finances. You talk about generosity, and it is easy every once in a while to kind of tip God or, or every once in a while. Um, and I, I really want to teach on this because I, I'm going to, I really want to break this down because I want you to understand something today. The tithe builds our faith. It builds your faith. A lot of, listen, it's very easy to rationalize it and, and convince yourself that, you know what, I'm not supposed to tithe. And, well, you know what, you know, that's like, I don't know. And what happens is, is that when you tithe, it builds your faith. You begin to see the faithfulness of God. Again, God says, I dare you to trust me enough with your finances to tithe the first 10% of your income and see what I will do with your finances. But what happens is the world tells us this is how most of us live our life. We consume, we consume all we have, then we lack, we fear, then we consume all we have, then we lack and we fear. That's the cycle that we go through. But when you start to tithe and you start to see God's faithfulness, something crazy happens in your life that you start to discover God's faithfulness. And what happens is you start to realize, listen to me, you cannot outgive God. You can't outgive God. You know what I found out a long time ago? That people that don't tithe always say they can't afford it. But people that do tie, they're always talking about how blessed they are. It's just, it's crazy how it works. And what happens is you start to see God's faithfulness in your life, and then all of a sudden you start to rearrange everything in your life because you are like, I can't give God enough. But tithing is the beginning the, the first step, the Bible is very clear that the first 10% of your income belongs to God. The Bible speaks about the storehouse, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach on that today because I think it's very important for us to understand that. Now, hear me when I say this today, and I, I want you to hear me when I say this. Because I think that a lot of us have gotten so tainted when it comes to pastors and people talking about offerings and people talking about tithing and people talking about generosity that we just kind of got, woo, we, we kind of want to back off from it. But if you've ever been around Creekwood for very long, you know that I have purposed as a pastor from the very beginning to never manipulate anybody into giving. There's a reason why the offering boxes are in the back. There's a reason why. We, we don't believe that this ought to be something we manipulate you or guilt you into doing it. This is something I want for you. And so I, I don't want us to, 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 to think in, in, in that way. And I also don't want us to, to think in, in a way that we give because we're just trying to manipulate God into giving us a blessing. That God is kind of like the genie in the bottle. He's kind of like, you know, man, I'm hoping I hit the jackpot like in Las Vegas. And that God, you're giving because, listen, I never want the motivation for our giving to be a blessing. But God promises us, in fact, God dares us to trust him enough to give him the first 10% of our income. And he says, would you trust me enough? I dare you to trust me with this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven in your life that I will bless you so much 
And see, listen to me, the blessing of God, it doesn't spell BMW. There's a lot bigger things that are a blessing in my life than a BMW. God's blessing can look in a way that it is peace. It is, it is a, there's a thousand things that God can do in your life. But listen to me, I love the way God works in our lives. God knows what needs to happen in our life. See, what happens is as you begin to tithe, God begins to multiply in your life. Listen, this is not me talking. This, this is God's word. There's a great example of, of talking about God building our faith in Matthew chapter 14. Um, it's, it's a story that you're probably very familiar. Matthew 14, it's, it's the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, scholars believe that it was, it was more than 5,000. It was probably 20,000. It's 5,000 men. But probably counting the women and children in that time, it was 20,000 people. And just to kind of summarize this, I'm not going to read this story. The, the scripture is on, on the screen. You can, you can look at it and maybe read it later. But just to kind of summarize it down, just the cliff notes of it is the disciples are with Jesus. They're out in the middle of nowhere. Jesus is preaching They don't have any food, and they're looking at these 20,000 people, and they're thinking, you need to send them off, Jesus. You've talked enough. Go ahead and send them back to town. Let them go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Get them a snack. Let them eat because they need to go eat, and we want to eat too because we're hungry. And they're kind of thinking that Jesus is going to let them off the hook because when Jesus asked them what they have, all they say is, we've, all we've got is five loaves and two fishes. And you can hear the verbiage in their language that they're saying, we're far off, we're way out here, nobody has anything here. God, we can't do anything. God says, Jesus says to them, he says, give me what you have. Jesus blesses it and gives it back to them, and they start to go and pass it out. Now listen to me, work with me. I think it was probably kind of funny when they first started passing it out. They were probably walking up to people and saying, now listen, we got a lot of people to feed. You need to take just a little pinch. (laughs) Some people were getting bigger. They're like, you pig, put it back. (laughs) They hand it out. They feed the entire entire group of people, and the Bible tells us there were how many baskets? Twelve baskets full of leftovers. That's amazing. That's the power of the multiplication that God does in our life. Now, did the disciples need to have 12 basketfuls of leftovers? No. See, I, I believe that God wanted to communicate to them is that he is the God of more than enough. God wants to take care of us. And God took what, see, why do I read that story to you and share that story? Is that, I, see, if you want to write this down, is that the first thing that I want to say about that is that giving is not just for people who have access. Excess, excuse me. Giving is not just for people that have excess. Um, again, a lot of us, this is what happens, is that we, we actually believe that that giving is for people that have, ex- it's for the rich people. It's for people that are the philanthropists that have, that's a hard word to say. <laughs> it's 930, y'all, and I'm like, philanthropist. <laughs> I said it right. Okay. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, the rich people. They make so, you're like, they make so much money. They're the people that need to be generous. They're the people that need to be giving. 
And this has unfortunately kind of creeped its way into a lot of Christ followers that your belief system is the only way that I tithe, the only way that I give an offering is that if I have excess. In other words, the way you live your life is you first pay your mortgage, you pay your car payment, you pay your cable bill, like everybody's got to have ESPN. Man cannot live by bread alone, right? You got, you got to pay all your bills, and then you're thinking, what can I give God? And most of us convince ourselves that I don't need to give God anything. And, and what's, what's really scary to me, I asked Pastor Brad to help me, and he did a lot of research with this, is that do you know that the average Christian in America gave their church $817 in one year? We're going to go, oh, wow. But you know what that means is we spent more at Starbucks. We, we spent more on our cable bill than we gave God. Listen, we spent more on our dog than we did God. And I love dogs. You don't, y'all didn't spend, I hope you didn't spend money on a cat because that's just like wasting money. <laughs> Listen, if you don't know this, Cats don't need cat food. Just put them out back. They feed themselves. <laughs> cats hunt. They, they, they find little animals. That's why I tell my wife, it's like, just leave her out there. She'll take care of herself. $817. We spend more. You know where, what that tells me is that you can tell where our heart is. You, you want to know if, if God is first in your life? Go look at your Amazon account. Oh, I'm going there. Come on. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm going there. I wanted to say, look at your checkbook, but most of y'all don't know what a checkbook check is. You don't know what a check is, ask your grandparents. It's this little paper thing. You go look at your account and see where you're spending your money, and, and, and that's going to tell you. See, God knew we would struggle with this. And it tells you whether or not God is first in your life. And the first, the, the first place that it starts is with your tithe, that you start to commit yourself to say, the first thing that I do, the first thing that we do as a family is that we, God is number one, and the first thing we do before we do anything else is that our tithe is a priority. Leviticus 27:30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. What does that mean? The word holy, it means set apart. It means designated for another person, purpose. It means the tithe is set apart. It's holy. It belongs to God. Now, notice it says something. It says this. Tithing is returning. Tithing, do you know that the people that find it difficult to tithe are the people that believe that what they have is because of themselves? In other words, um, you haven't bought into the idea that God is your source. And listen to me. I, I'm, I love you guys. And again, I'm, I want to teach you this. 
But it's very easy for, for us to buy into the mentality that I'm my source, that I, I'm the one that has made this happen. I went to college. I got this job. I deserve it. I've made this. I bought the house. I, I, I have all that I have because of what I have done in my life. And you start to believe that. And you begin to forget that God is the source of everything that you have. Do you know that God is the source of your time? You have, God is the one that decides when you die. God is the source of everything that you have in your life. So when you start to understand that everything that you have belongs to God. I want to ask Robbie Galley to come up here real quick. He doesn't know I'm doing this. I'm surprising him. He's excited. Forgive him. Forgive him for his shirt that he has on today. Forgive him for the shirt that he's got. Y'all, y'all give it up for Robbie Galley. Don't y'all love Robbie Galley? Uh, in my hand, I have 10 $5 bills. How much money is that? $50. Okay, everybody's like, five, 10, 15. I've got $50 in, in my hand, and I want to give this $50 to Robbie Galley. Run. No, don't run. <laughs> don't run. And all I'm asking Robbie, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> i got to hold on, Robbie. Uh, all I'm asking Robbie Galley to do is give me, of that $50, give me $5 back. Okay? And he gets to keep the $45. How many of y'all want to play this game? We love that. And why was it easy for Robbie Galley to give me back that $5? Because I just gave him the 50. Everybody give it up for Robbie. That's yours. Take your wife out. Take your wife out to dinner tonight. This is what tithing is. God gives us everything that we have. And all God asks us to do is to return to God the first 10% of everything that we have, showing him that he is first in our life. Do you know that, that tithing, tithing it, it teaches us to put God first. It teaches us to put God first in our life. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Again, the Bible teaches us to put God first. Deuteronomy 14.23 says, The purpose of tithing is to teach us, teach you always to put God first in your life. Why, why does it have to be first? You know why it has to be first? Is that to give God... 10% last doesn't take faith. It doesn't take faith to pay all your bills and pay everything you got and then decide how much am I going to give God. It takes a lot of faith. It takes daring faith to say, God, before I pay anything, you're number one in our finances and I am going to return to you the 10% of everything that you've given me. You are getting really quiet. Now, let me ask you this. Isn't it true that we don't have a problem returning things to, to uh, like a retail store? 
Some of y'all have no shame when it comes to returning stuff. Some of y'all are married to people like that. Like, you're like, babe, I'm not taking that back. You're like, we can take it back. I used to work at Walmart in college, customer service. And I'm telling you, people brought back the craziest stuff. I remember a lady, I will never forget this. A lady brought back a used toilet seat. Y'all remember the wooden ones? Everybody had to have the wooden ones with the varnish on it. It was like, you were uptown if you had a wooden toilet seat at your house. Some of y'all still got one of those. Can I hear an amen? That that was like high cotton. This lady brought back this wooden toilet seat, and she said, I need to bring this back. It's pinching me. I'm like, get that nasty thing off the counter. I looked up crazy returns, and I I loved what some of the Costco employees, how many of y'all love Costco? Any Costco lovers here? Um, A Costco employee said one of the craziest things anybody ever brought back was an empty wine bottle. They brought it back because it was giving them a headache. How many of you know that's called a hangover? We don't have any problem returning this stuff, but when it comes to God's instruction to us in returning what belongs to God, it's tough for us. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income, and he will fill your barns with wheat, barley, and overflow, your wine vats with the finest wines. Tithing is first. Now, let me just say this. That, do you know that this tithing first in your life, that not even an offering should come before the tithe? There's a difference between tithes and offerings. We, listen, we do generosity project here at Creekwood, and in November, it's a fun, fun time for us as a church where we literally give away every bit of the offering. You guys gave close to $200,000 last year in generosity project. Listen, every bit of it went out to help foster programs, to help ministries and organizations here in town. It's fun. It's awesome to give to charities. But do you know that an offering should never come in front of your tithe? The Bible teaches us in, in, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. What does the storehouse mean? The storehouse is wherever you are fed spiritually. The storehouse is wherever your kids are being taught about God. The storehouse is where you learn and you grow spiritually. So tithing is not just taking, well, 10% giving it to anything. That's not the way it works. You, it belongs in, and I, I want to hear, I want you to hear me when I say this today. Because do you know that your tithe, your tithe, it provides for the work of God's church. This church, we, we do what we do. This church ministers. We reach out to people. We do everything that we do for students, for the next generation, because of the fact that you tithe. Let me just say this to you. Do you know that last year, we, we did a lot of research, and 16, only 16% of our church tithes. We've done a lot with 16%. 
We bought 108 acres on 1187 with 16% of you tithing. With 16% of you tithing, we have this location here. With 16%. What I think about as your pastor, and listen to me, I think of what could we do for the kingdom of God if the other 84% started tithing? I know this is tough. Some of y'all, golf clap. (laughs) But what could we do if the other 84%, could we reach people like we've never reached before? Could we go out at that 108 acres and just say, we're building this property. We're building a youth center like no other place has ever seen. Because after you're dead and gone, the legacy that you want to leave for your kids and for your grandkids is when they drive out onto that property as they say, God changed my life because of somebody tithing 20 years ago. Do you know you sit in the seat today because somebody tithed before this church ever even started? Your tithing is important. Listen, I, I, I want you to get this today because, see, it's very easy to just go, well, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be generous, and I'm going to take my 10%, and I'm just kind of going to do whatever. And Some of you have convinced yourself not to tithe. And in fact, I don't want to be harsh, but you drove up to the church in a stolen car because you're using your tithe money to pay a car payment. You're using your car payment, your tithe to, to dress like you dress. Are you telling me, Pastor Stephen, that for me to tithe, I'm going to have to radically change my priorities? Yes, I'm telling you that. Are you telling me today for me to really be put God first in my life, I'm going to have to radically, radically make some changes when it comes to what we do as a family? I'm telling you that. But I'm going to remind you, this is the only place that God dares us to test a minute. That God says to us, would you trust me enough? I dare you. See, let me put it like this, and I I, want to kind of bring this to an end. But how, how would it look if on your way into a grocery store today, this afternoon, let's say you stopped at Albertsons and you saw a homeless person there, and you were like, you know what, I really want to help them, and um you walked in the grocery store, you got $200 worth of groceries, you loaded up your cart, and when you were getting ready to pay for your, your groceries, you stopped and you looked at, at the, the attendant and you said, hey, I saw a homeless person out there in the front. I'm not going to pay for my groceries, but I'm going to go ahead and take my groceries and I'm going to go out. And you went outside and you gave your $200 to that homeless person. What are you doing? You're stealing. You're stealing. And this is why the scripture that we don't like to read and, and where God says, you're ri- robbing me with your tithes. But imagine if all of us did that. If all of us said, you know what, I don't want to tithe. And listen, I, I also want to be clear about this. If, if you belong to another church and you're visiting, please don't tie that creek water. Your tithe belongs in the church and the place where you are spiritually fed. 
People come to me and say, I'm from out of town, and we're visiting with our family. We love this church. We want to give it. And I'm like, are, is this your tithe? Because if it's your tithe, that belongs to, to the church where you are spiritually fed, not here. I'll, I'll go so far as to tell you this and, and listen to me. If you don't believe enough in what we're doing here at Creekwood, you need to go find another church where you believe in what they're doing for the kingdom of God because you need to tithe. You, you, you got to fill the storehouse for us to be able to feed and make a difference in the next generation. And listen to me. Those of you that have been here for the last 14 years from the beginning of the time, you could count on your hand the times that I've talked about this. I, I, I probably would tell you that in the last, I'm embarrassed to tell you that in the last 14 years, I've talked about this probably maybe five times. Why? Because I have such a high conscience about not manipulating anybody when it comes to your money. But I love you enough, and I believe enough in what God is doing in this city that God is using this church to make a difference. And I'm daring you to put God first in your finances. You know, I want to ask our, our worship team to come down to the front and they're going to come on stage and they're going to be doing a special song. Andrea's going to be singing this awesome song in just a few moments. But, you know, this whole series has all been about, from the beginning, these last six weeks, it's been about us getting back to the foundational point of what faith is supposed to be like in our life. And I know some of you, each weekend, for some of you, it's touched a nerve in your life. For some of you, last weekend, where we talked about the power of your words, it's, it's, it's been what's hit you hard. And I don't know what area of your life it is that you need. Some of you need, maybe you're, 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 you feel like you're just spinning your wheels in your career, and you're spinning your wheels in what you're doing in your life, and you are like, God, would you give me some daring faith? to dream again for what you made me to be the type of job you want me to have would you give me the faith again to speak the power for words over my life that brings life into me God would you give me faith daring faith to say God you will be number one when it comes to every bit of the resources that you give me in my life God give us daring faith would you pray with me Father we thank you we thank you for this morning we thank you that you speak into our lives God I pray that all of us in the different areas over these the last six weeks that God you have challenged us God Father, that you have spoken into us, God. God, may we have daring faith. Father, may we be obedient to you and boldly go into this new area. Father, may we take this step. Listen to the words of the song. Thank you for listening. 
For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.